0: Wait, wait, let's
1: see. Let's think about the Last Dragon. What do you
0: think let's, of you think of the Last Dragon? What do I think of when I your of the head. Last let's
1: Dragon. Let's just like throw let's just throw stuff
0: out. I love this I love this as an opening. I think of the last dragon, uh, Kung Fu mm-hmm. and dancing. Okay. A lot of dancing, a lot more dancing than you would think in a kung fu movie that is sold as a kung fu movie, but it's a lot about dancing in this movie. I
1: think the, of the glow. Yes. I think of being inspired and I think of kung fu and, and Bruce Lee. Definitely kung fu and Bruce. Like this is this is like
0: probably the the perfect Black Bruce Lee movie and like when you think of the history of hip hop and the history of black culture and kung fu mm-hmm. like this is almost like the perfect marriage in milk
2: yeah, it, you know. Yeah.
0: So, hi, welcome everyone. I like that opening. I am going to keep that opening for the format of this because I love that. Uh, Welcome everybody to Live from the Movies, um, where we are live at the movies. My name is TL Foster and today I am joined uh, by my good friend Anthony, uh, Bruce Wayne Brady. uh, And we're going to talk about one of the greatest movies of all time, The Last Dragon. Yes.
1: (laughs) TL, I have one question for you, my dude. Yes. Are you warmed up yet? (laughs) 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 man there's just some
0: like so i want to ask like when when was the first time that you saw the last dragon
1: i first like when was i I first saw this movie on cable when i was like Mm. i think maybe like eight or nine years old Mm. and i remember this being one of those movies that like one of the movie channels we had played a lot i feel like during the summer when i was like out for summer vacation Right. So when I even when I first saw it, I remember seeing it constantly. So I was probably like eight or nine. I was pretty young.
0: Right. I would say I was about the same age. I remember it was on a on HBO because HBO has like that catalog of like these kind of movies, right? Like HBOs also where I saw Stand by Me. Uh, like I, I always caught like the early black cinema. Like once we got past like black exploitation, they were actually like. Like, hey, what if we made real movies with black people, right? Like, not saying that those other movies that I love yeah. are real movies, but you know what I mean. Um, so, I remember watching this movie and my, my uncle's girlfriend at the time, she was babysitting me and my sister and I was just like, I'm enamored. Everything about this movie is so great. And I'm eight years old. And <laughs> I remember asking her, I was like, when did this movie come out? And she's like, oh, this came out when I was a kid. And like, just me being a kid being like, Oh, that must have been like forever ago. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like if, if I if I said that, oh, what, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Hey, I, I, I triggered Siri. Apparently, um, Siri. But is a fan of The Last Ring because everyone is absolutely uh, no. So, like when when I think of just like this movie, it's just it's such a war movie, and I just love it so much. And it's one not one of those things like I'm not a person who. Like there's a lot of movies I grew up watching that like, I can look at it now. I'm like, oh man, this is corny and this is cheesy. And I think there's aspects of this movie that are corny and cheesy. But like, if you're asking me, hey, how do you like? What's a perfect movie? I'm putting
1: this there because it's just like, it's just such a fun movie. I can't argue with that. I I, I want to say up top, okay, I think you will agree with me when I say this. We know what this movie is. This movie knows what it is. And when I say that, I mean. This movie, like, let's go with what this movie is really called. This is Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. For Absolutely. A- anyone who's listening to this, and by chance if you do not know who Barry Gordy is, Barry Gordy was the head of Motown Records. With that knowledge that the man who's the, the guy behind, like, The Temptations and, like, all of these, you know, historical acts from, like, Motown's legacy, that he was the man that put this movie together. We it, talked about being like eight or nine. We were like little black kids. We were the target audience for this. Yeah, no, this is definitely. It's so weird because when you think of a movie
0: that's so heavily influenced by like, like I, I think of the other movies that came out as we were growing up in the '90s and the 2000s that would have music labels like tied to them. Mm-hmm. They would often skewer older, right? Like I think of movies like Street, you know, Street Property or. The wash, like anything where you would see like a number of like, uh, of just like a uh, music artists that were connected to that movie, it wouldn't be for us. This movie is like, there's still like some of stuff where it's like, oh, that's kind of menacing, but this is this is a kids
1: movie essentially. Yeah, and it's a very fun kids movie. I feel like I feel like with the exception of one one drop of the end bomb in this movie, I feel like this movie is pretty clean and safe, except yeah. At the very beginning, I won't directly quote it, but Shonov drops in bomb. And I'm sure, yeah, you know, it might have been too young to hear that. Some parents probably won't be okay with that. But other than that, this is really family-friendly, family-safe. But up right. top, right, if you describe this movie to somebody, how do you even describe this to them? Like, here, here's a movie about a black kid who is so obsessed with Bruce Lee. He himself is a martial artist. He loves martial arts. But he is challenged by the neighborhood Shogun of Harlem, this guy who also is like the other martial artist in the same neighborhood? Like can we just talk about like this concept, right? Somehow this these two guys are like the like the cloud and Sephiroth of their neighborhood or something. <laughs> right. It's
0: like Well what's so weird about it is the framing of show of show Nuff. Show Nuff is like He's not framed to be menacing, right? Like, his group is menacing, but it, like, he's not, like, when you think of, like, a shot composition, when you think of, like, how you frame a picture and how you tell a story in film, Mm -hmm. he's not, he's not shown as, like, this intimidating figure. A lot of his shots are, like, they're, 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 like, kind of, like, you know, he's, he's not really, like, shown off as, like, as looking huger. Then Leroy, and, like, Leroy doesn't take him as a threat throughout most of the movie. Um, like, so, like, it's such a weird dichotomy because it it does feel, like, almost like a Saturday morning villain until it does it. Like, that's the, the thing I love about this movie, uh, honestly, is, like, how credible a threat show Nuff is. yeah Because, like, he, how he's set up and how his goons are set up, you think these are all just jokes. Like, they're just a joke people um, and not to get like, not to bounce all the way to the ending because there's just so much we could talk about with this movie. But like, then like to find out at the ending, like, no, enough actually knows how to fucking fight. And will, <laughs> it will, it will beat, it could like beat up 90% of the people in the movie, could beat up Bruce LeRoy until Bruce LeRoy got the confidence in himself, right? So yeah. like, it's such a really, like, it's such an odd thing to do that. But like you said, like, it's, it's just kind of indicative of that world. Even, like, the small scenes of, like, the introduction of Enough Show mm-hmm. shows, like, there's so many different characters in that world because, like, they're all in the movie theater watching uh, Game of Death and, like, they're all doing, like, they're all, like, like joking around and then... Oh, they're
1: watching Enter uh, the Dragon. Enter the Dragon, sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah I right, know, but I Dragon know that. why you yeah. thought Game of Death, though, because he wears that outfit. <laughs> Yes, he wears yes. the outfit that Bruce Lee wears in Game—the yellow jumpsuit. Yes. Right,
0: but you're right. He is watching End of the Dragon*. You're absolutely right. Um, and they're all—they're all doing like they're all like messing around, and then you have the guy jumping through the uh, boom box and everything. Like so, like you—you you have like an introduction to like this whole, like almost like this weird shogunate around New York. Like that was very reminiscent of like. Of like the warriors, like if this yeah. were like broken up to like a warriors movie, it would be like weird.
1: Yeah, they could they could have easily been like 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 a gang like the baseball players in the warriors. Like they could have been another faction. Like let's straight up let's just call it what it is, right? This is just Shogun's crew. This is his gang, right? If, right. If they're Naruto, they're from whatever village the Shogun's from. Like this is anime. Um. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I think that's why I think it re- resonated with me. Like this was before I watched anime, but like, yeah, yeah, exactly. that was definitely anime.
1: But like this movie, I just rewatched. Also, I was getting ready for Cobra Kai, like season three. At the time of recording this, Cobra Kai season three is like just hit Netflix, like a little bit after this. So leading up to that, I rewatched the old Karate Kid movies, like all of them, and Mm. I realized that for me, I love the first Karate Kid as as a kid, Um, and the rest of them was like ah whatever, they're fun to watch. But this movie hit me, I think, because I felt like this is a better Karate Kid for me. Maybe I felt like it's a black Karate Kid. But it's got heart. It's also, they're both cheesy and they both have heart. I feel like the moments that hit in Karate Kid the best for me are the moments that have Mr. Miyagi showing Daniel his focus. But in this movie, Bruce Leroy literally finds his own, like he has a moment where he really kind of goes on on a hero's journey. I mean, not to go all all the way with that, but he does have a moment of him finding his own, um, you know, his true self and and right. the movie, like you said, it has this weird balance of it's kind of cheesy. Also, there's this weird thing of there are some legit serious moments, and I feel like from the point the the point for me where Shonuff becomes a real threat is when he attacks a pizza shop, right?
0: Yeah, the whole mood changes. Into... Can we can we talk about how this movie feel? Okay, so I love this movie. I, I but it feels like this is like. This is like the most mixed movie I've ever seen in my life, and what I mean by that is, when it is going in through like the Bruce Lee Roy, I I do think, I do think where it it kind of has similarities to, um, where it has the similarities to something like, um, uh, uh, Karate Kid was like it's kind of like it's it's opening and like when they're doing the whole song, you know, uh, doing like you know the they're doing the whole thing about the last dragon, mm-hmm. you know, that opening, he's doing the training montage. Like that's his doing the Daniel thing. But like you said, he's already there. Yeah. He's like dodging, he's karate chopping, uh, arrows in the air and like just doing it, you know, with no ease. And then it's like, then the master comes by and he's like, okay, I have nothing to teach you. I gotta do this. So you have this Kung Fu movie going. So whenever you have that stuff with show enough in the movie theater, it just feels like a Kung Fu movie. But then it's like this weird black drama, um, yes. Because like it goes to his <laughs> his dad's restaurant, and his dad's like, "All I want to do was make pizza on the Lower East Side." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> and yeah. then it's like it's, it's the stuff with Richie and trying to get into like basically this MTV spot and doing all this other stuff. Like it's it, it just seems like it seems like it shouldn't only totally work, but it does. So then when you get that scene where Shonnuf. Comes into the parlor, it feels so absent from any part of the film, but at the same time, it feels like so cohesive. Like it it feels like these should be two worlds apart. Yeah. And as soon as he comes into that pizza parlor, it's a real. It's real. Like everything is real now. Yeah. Like this goofy guy with his shoulder pads and and his weird like uh, cat fur coat, like ventilated shades, (laughs) right? Like all that. All that, which seems ridiculous, now seems one million percent real.
1: Yeah. Somehow, this movie has so many different things in it where they shouldn't work, but for this movie, they do work. I feel like, also, Bruce Leroy as a character. I feel like he, he's a, a character that's still relatable to people because at the heart of this movie, is it's a nerd. This is a guy yeah. who's so into something. He loves this thing. He's so focused on this one thing. He's so vision on his idea of Bruce Lee and Kung Fu and living his life around this. He literally dresses in this way, right? Like, he dresses like he's um, imitating, like, you know, Bruce Lee. Like, wearing, like, um, what, what do you call the... It's not a, not a gi, but, you know, it's like the... Yeah, like the, the like kind the, of... I don't know what the proper to... name is for the outfit. Like, at the very beginning, he's wearing, like, the hat and everything, you know? Yeah. But it's
0: kind of... Like, like he, he's, he, he would have be been a giant weeb. Like, if, yeah. if we are like... If this was like made today, he'd be a giant weeb. And like I I'm I'm always like and I watch this movie, I I know what it is. It's just like we've all been like we've all seen people have been through that phase of like I always say like with our generation, it's the it's the uh, button-up... The Dragon Ball shirts? Uh, satin Dragon Ball shirts. Like, yeah. people don't understand. That used to be the <laughs> Black People joint. Like, you would get you would get that shirt. It would be a blue shirt or purple. And it would have Trucks, Gohan, and Goku on the bottom for no reason. All Super Saiyan. Yeah. But we would just rock it. But, yeah. like, I, I always wonder, like, if I'm... Let's say I'm Chinese. Because that's obviously, like... He's, like, Ape in a Chinese style. Like, you know, is that culture appropriation? Or is it something? one of the things where, like, they look at it like, oh, you, you know, we, we kind of feel like we were the same. We're the same. I also, like, I don't like that he is definitely trying to be Chinese. And then as soon as he goes down to his, his sister, he does, like, the Japanese honorifics. I'm like, yeah.
1: my guy, if you want to be a nerd about it, you got to pick one. <laughs> he's kind of just overall, like, he's embracing, like, this Asian culture overall. And it's, like, I feel like he is sincerely, like, I love this culture. I'm trying to be, like, respectful for it. But there's also this weird cultural flip where he goes later to the uh, fortune cookie factory or whatever, right? And there's Mm. three Asian guys there. But they talk to him like black dudes from, like, the 70s. Because when he shows up, like, okay, so I, I watched this about a week ago. I've watched it so many times throughout my life, but, you know, just to, to get back on it because it's always a good time to watch The Last Dragon. And I noticed at least maybe two times in the movie that someone calls Bruce Leroy either Cooley or Cool Breeze. So I remember my mom, when I was a kid, she loved the movie Cooley High. Right. Cooley High is like, for people listening that aren't familiar with this movie, when you talk about black exploitation, this is straight up like maybe like Late 70s, like 75, 77, I'm not really sure what year it came out. It's a mm-hmm. movie that is really like a B movie about kids in high school, and it's called Cooley High. So, I don't know if you were like me growing up, till but you used to like look at the credits and who wrote and directed the movies and like always look at all that stuff, right? right? Right, right. IMDb is a godsend to me now. So, I was curious, and I went and looked up Cooley High when I watched this last week. Do you know mm-hmm. this is directed by the same guy that directed Cooley High? Is it really? The director's name is Michael wow. Schultz. Yeah. Now, check this out. He also directed Car Wash. Right. He also directed, and it re- this movie was released in the same year as Last Dragon, Crush Groove. Really? Same guy directed these movies. And apparently, a really weird, weird sequel to the Steve Martin movie, The Jerk, called The Jerk 2, that I've never heard of in my entire fucking life. Until it's today. not
0: good. It's it's not good. I never
1: knew that existed. But he's... he's Since, like, his movies from the 80s, he's been doing, like, a lot of TV stuff. Like, he's even directed episodes like My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. He's directed a lot of stuff. He did.
0: I I did see he did direct, uh, one of these days, I'm going to have to go do another podcast about, like, the weird, uh, history of, like, church theater. He directed the, uh, the T.D. Jakes film, I I did see this, uh, Women Thou Art Loose, um, which is about, you know, a woman getting away from from a, an abusive relationship, uh, and it's not good. Oh, wow. <laughs> which is weird because I love this movie, but it's like, yeah, it's not good.
1: But, like, this guy, I mean, okay, so think about this, right? You're Barry Gordy. You've got Motown records. You want to put together a movie. Clearly you want to make an homage or, like, you want, you want something for a black audience. This guy who's done Car Wash, Crush Groove, I mean, this guy is perfect for this. He yeah. comes in, he gets, let's talk about our lead, Bruce Leroy, who, the guy in real, real life, his name is Ty Mock. How fucking dope is that name? <laughs> Ty yeah, Mock. I
0: mean, he was a, it was a, like, legit black belt artist. Yeah. Um, it is, like, weird, like, I love this era of movies, because, like, I'm not sure if you're, uh, if you ever heard of the martial artist Cynthia Rothrock. Yes. Uh, and she is, like, one of my favorite actresses of all time um you should definitely go check out uh hold on i gotta i gotta get her movie list because like she did so many great movies but like she did all those movies in hong kong but what was happening like when we had the chuck norris jcvd stuff like when that boom was starting to happen and when we started to have like big the big kung fu boom in the 80s a lot of times people were getting these like like legit um martial artists and be like, oh hey, we want you to act more. What's wild about this is like Tamik then went on to become an actor. And like and play all these different worlds. Like roles I remember the first time I actually saw Tamik was in a different world. Playing a jock. Like really? trying to like Yeah, like he's like he's like playing a jock, trying to drug uh try to drug uh Freddie. uh, which is like like now like I'm like like, I can't go back to, like, like now when I watch it, like, why is Bruce Lee Roy trying to drug <laughs> Chris Summers? Like, what's, what's
1: going on here? I've only seen him in this movie. Um, now, it's, I mean, it's interesting because you go to make a martial arts movie, of course, you get a dude who can do the martial arts. I think it also works for the character that he is more of a martial artist, even, like, the actor. And, of course, he had never done a movie before this. I think it makes the character of Bruce Leroy even that more legit because he's so innocent as a character and mm. so oblivious to anything that's not martial arts. I think it works in its favor. And then you get Vanity as the uh, love interest, which Vanity was a pop singer who came up with, like, you know, Prince's crew. Right. And it's can like, we... I can see how Barry Gore <sighs> thinking, let's put this, like... You can see him putting this together, right? Like, this is going to be, like, the biggest movie ever. Like, we got a right. huge pop singer a martial artist. Like, you can see them putting this together, thinking this is going to blow like blow up. Well, I
0: would think, like, Vanity. So, Vanity, I want to say she was in Purple Rain before this, right? See,
1: that's what I thought, too. I used to get Vanity confused with Apollonia. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I had okay, to look okay. that okay. up, too, because right. I thought it was her. It was Apollonia, and I used to always get them confused because they both were affiliated with Prince. Yeah, I... That's so weird. Like I'm looking at her. I'm
0: like with you. I'm looking at her IMDb. I don't know why. I don't know why you thought to you would do it. I, I I will say this. I think Vanity as Laura. Like to me, for the longest time, was the most gorgeous wor- woman in the world. Yes. Like she just like she just has like this great energy about her. Um, just like a great presence. She just looked so just just like gorgeous. However, uh. What, we had to talk about 7th Heaven. Um, well,
1: I'll say before you, before you, the camera clearly loves Vanity because oh, yeah. when she gives uh, Bruce Leroy the looks, when she's flirting with him, even though he's oblivious to it, it's like I even now watch this movie as an adult, man, I melt the way she looks at him, like, she is the most beautiful woman on the planet. <laughs> like... Where she goes, she's just like, you're like a
0: master to me. I'm like, "Yeah," and like... I would, I would be like, I would just have been... I would have been putty on the floor. I'm like, you're right. I'm abs- whatever you want, lady.
1: You have it. You can have all of it. Props to the soft lighting and everything for any time she's grabbing the hair, looking at Bruce Leroy, and I'm like, Bruce Leroy, what is wrong with you, my dude? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? But yeah, so... Vanity, who's a singer, comes in and we were talking about this before we started recording. And this song she sings because we gotta talk about the soundtrack. Seventh yeah. Heaven. Well what I wanna is... get I
0: wanna I wanna I wanna get I wanna get into the whole So like this movie where a lot of this is action movie and there's so many things going on and we will get to the actual main villain which is I think with our line of work, the stuff that we do Yeah online, it's also funnier. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> but this is very Gordy, almost like taking pop shots at MTV, mm-hmm. uh, like because Seventh Heaven is basically a a, a a downtown Judy Brown, like any one of those shows, right? Yeah. Um And it's like well, it's just one of those like it's like it's it's like a pop five version of like Soul Train. Yeah. Uh, yep. And the intro song, oh my uh, God. man, <laughs> it's such a like. It's so bad. It's it's so bad. It's one of those things where it turns around and it's good. Uh, so Anthony was when we got started, it's almost like someone had a vocal slider throughout the song. It would just go and just move it up. Like she would just say, she'd be like, saying it up, oh nice. <laughs> it like, like, it's like i she's just <laughs> like, I found a place. Finally found I'm like, okay, like like what pitch are you going for, lady? You're just like you're you're going up and down here.
1: It's, it's, um, it's like someone's testing the levels before a concert, but she didn't know that, and then she recorded that test, and they put that on well, the album. It is like, at one point, she just goes, never say, never,
0: inside this elevator door, because once you're there, you can't get it up anymore, and it's just like, what is where going on? Uh, but it's like, I don't know, it's so cheesy and over the top. It's just so much fun but like you said with the soundtrack this did seem like a lot of barry gordy's like hey we have a lot of great artists we want to put them on here and like their star which is a great pop song that i haven't heard outside of this movie which is like really good i think it's like the no one goes star the first star that i see tonight oh yeah that's a like legit that, good song that that was a uh like um like just a jam then you have the barge really like, nice so this is this is like before the barge is the barge, right? So Rhythm of Night is just a music video they yeah. play. And I'm just like like I remember being a kid and listening to Rhythm of Night. I'm like, this is just perfect music. Like what else is what else can you want with this fucking music? Like and this is before I think this is before uh Who is Johnny? Well, uh
1: the Johnny The Right? See, I don't know. I think uh, it might be sure.
0: Let me see when Short Circuit came out.
1: So. Short Circuit came Yes.
0: So Short Circuit would come out the next year. Short Circuit comes out in 1986. So you're DeBarge. <laughs> you're El DeBarge. <laughs> you do like you do this throwaway thing. Someone had to have seen that and been like, we need to have them do our theme song for Short Circuit, which is another just like banger. Like what? Just like what? Just what? Good luck. And not only including like, two of the best songs just period and the glow and the last dragon both of them being so just like it's what Barry Gordy does best right it's just yeah. like such great composition and just like musically with, with all the music you're just like oh this is just so good
1: but see here's the thing about the debarge song rhythm of the night legit okay so rhythm of the night apparently was like recorded for the soundtrack for this movie It legit became a hit, number one on the Billboard R&B charts. This is a song I still hear in grocery stores. Like, this song still lives. People that probably don't even know who's singing this, who probably don't know 80s R&B and 80s pop, have heard this song and might not even know. That's the bar's rhythm of the night. But you've probably heard this song. Right. Um, And the like actual like the last dragon song and so like there's a thing I, I feel like the 80s specifically when you think of like um uh, there's certain 80s movies to me like okay last dragon i'd say the transformers animated movie i'd say rocky mm. 4 the 80s to me was a decade of inspirational soundtracks and montages right because there's a ton of like okay even we talked about karate kid uh you're the best around it's like If you have a workout mix, you've probably got something from, like, an 80s movie that had it in some kind of montage. And I'm going to tell you right now, the last Dragon song is on my workout mix and has always been. It's legit motivational. And the glow, same thing. It's sincere. The last
0: dragon... So, to me, the the glow... I love the glow because it is very... It's so very bass. It's so very bass-heavy. It is just, like... The bass line itself is what does like the magic and it's just that boom, 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 Like it's, it's like, so when you go through it, it just comes, like it comes through and it just like rides. And then you have that, that voice, such a great voice in, in, you know, in the glow. Yeah. Um, But to me, like that's, it's, it's, it's a very old Motown song. The Last Dragon is a legit ballad that goes places. And then like, when he, when he goes into like, You've done the final test. You've reached the finish. You've reached. You can make it on. Spread your wings and fly. Like, I'm just like, I'm like, I want to run through a wall. I, I just like, let's go. I just, like, let's, let's go. Like,
1: let's go. I mean, <laughs> like, it's his theme song. He legit. If he was a wrestler, this is his theme song when he's coming down to, like, the pay-per-view event. He's got his right. own theme song. And, like, not so for the ending, but how it is
0: used in the ending. Is legit one of the coolest meat It's just okay. So the ending of the movie. We're gonna talk more about other stuff. The ending of the movie. Are we jump into it. Uh, well, we're gonna jump into part of the ending because there's. I think we had to talk about the other character. We talk about the other part of the ending. Right. Uh, but the ending of the movie, it's like he's fighting show enough. So let's. Well, actually, let's get to. We'll get to Eddie Arcadian now. Uh, the main bad guy is this arcane <laughs> mogul. Like, and it's like to me, what the oldest. One of like the oldest things to be, and then for this movie to come out would have been during the arcade like bust. So like this was an arcade mogul who really didn't have any money. <laughs> <Yeah>. No, <laughs> like because like you gotta think about eighty five. Like we're about to get to the, the isn't the, the NES about to yeah right the well, NES yeah, comes NDS out
1: eighty five
0: right. So either it's out or it's coming out. But this guy is the arc like he was. Getting- he was ready to be screwed anyway. But he's like this rich dude, um, and I don't know if this is in your notes, but Barry Gordy apparently fucking hated Cindy Lauper, or Madonna, or whoever this chick is supposed it's, to be.
1: She's supposed. To, she's, she's more supposed Cindy Lauper to me because of the high pitched yes. voice. But yeah, I could see, I could see him attack. Well, even Madonna's earlier stuff was a little more Cindy Lauper ish. I could definitely see right. him going for that. But yeah, like, yeah, it's she comes off to me as like. If Cindy Lauper put helium in her throat, like, was even more out there. Like, it's so wild. And, I mean, it's full stop. It's right there. Eddie Arcadian? It's, Eddie Arcadian. <laughs> Eddie Arcadian is the guy's name. So, what is the plot? Or what, or what, is the, what is this guy's plan? He's a failed arcade mogul who has a girlfriend that he right. wants to get her music played on this well, show. He's not
0: failed. That's the whole point. It's like he's the arcade king of oh, New yeah. Jersey. That's right, we yeah. know he will fail. Right, right. We know that 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 bottom is about to drop asap. Right. We know that because of the future. But he's the arcade king of, of, of no of, of was it Long Island? Long Island, New York. Wherever they sound like <laughs> like the I hear That sounds so sure. bad. It's yeah, it's like where where they set? Like wherever those white people sound like <laughs> from that area. That's where it is. Like that high pitch. Well, right here, like so that, like so, they're from that area. Uh, <laughs> um, he has like this; he has his own Rocky. There's a Rocky in this movie, dude. Okay, another.
1: <laughs> okay, here's a weird connection with this guy. So, I watched this movie with a group of friends. There was maybe three of us that had seen it before, and there was maybe like five or six that had never ever seen it. Right? Mm. We were talking about it, and after we watched it, they all were like, "That was awesome. We should watch more movies like that." And I suggested. We should watch Black Dynamite. And they were like, what's that? Here's your connection to Black Dynamite from this movie, besides them both being black kung fu, kind of like black exploitation films. The guy who plays Rock, who is a failed boxer, Eddie Arcadian managed a boxer, apparently. He's got his hands in all kind of different empires, right? This guy is now his bodyguard, who was a boxer. This, This guy is one of the CIA guys in Black Dynamite. We watched yeah, the trailer. He's, the,
0: he's he's the guy that
1: that Black Dynamite has the uh, the chase the
0: chase uh, the chase with. Yes, uh, and it's so funny. So this is a deleted scene, and this is like this is an in joke for <laughs> for me and Anthony. And anybody who listens to Laser Time um, before Laser Time, like when it was uh, Talk Radar, um, I had been friends. I just started becoming friends with Chris, and one deleted scenes is Black Dynamite talking to Rock and using literally every Italian slur I've ever heard. And I never knew him before. He was just going through all these things. And I was just like, what the? I was like, what are all these words? I don't know these words. Uh And I, and I, and I just sent it to Chris. And he, I literally, he sent back. He's like, holy shit, what movie is this? And I'm like, it's Black Dynamite. And that's when he watched Black Dynamite.
1: Um, if Chris is listening and he has not seen The Last Dragon, we need to get him on it right now. No, he's seen The Last Dragon. It's one of the things that we did. We
0: did connect on like he's seen the last dragon. Good, uh, but no, Good it was so like it's so weird. He has like he has like a piranha take? Yeah, like that's his threat. Is like I have a piranha take and like that's what takes him off of the edge. He does not come over the edge until Bruce Leroy is like I'm gonna cool you down,
1: and then th- what does he say? Like hot it. head needs cooled. Cold. Cold water Cold or something, water like or something. That, right? he, he, It's like his Arnold, like, one ladder, and he dunks the guy's head in. And it's like, only at that moment, he's like, get this damn thing out of here. It's like, why do you have a piranha take in your office in the first place? Why do you have a piranha take in your...
0: It's Like, it just seems like that would be such a... It's such a... It's such, like, a tactical error. Like, I'm a bad guy. <laughs> I have this piranha take. I need to get you into my office. And then, I guess, like, if you chop up bodies... They would eat it, but then you still have the bones. this do so eat through bones.
1: I feel like everything we're saying about them is, is like we're seeing why this guy, like, he's got all these different ambitions, but he doesn't have foresight to see how things might turn out. If I can't get my girlfriend who has faked Cindy Lauper's video played on this, on this lady's video show because she's the most popular host in, in town, right? What am I going to do? I'm going to kidnap her because that's the fucking move. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? <Well, see>, what? <laughs>
0: What's weird about it is, what well, one? Uh, shout out for William H Macy to be in a stooge and saying you need to get this dude on here. Shout out to white people looking out for white people always. <laughs> <laughs> like, William H Macy, that's a bad dude, Bruh, Like, what are you talking about? William H but Macy two, is,
1: is such a random, it's such a random it's cameo. Such a, He's such
0: a, and he doesn't look like like he looks, he looks like he looks like if you had William H Macy today. Just up like a, like a 1980s teen. Yeah. It's so weird. Yes. Um, he
1: doesn't look very much different. It's, it's so strange.
0: No, uh, but it's, it's... My thing is, like, you could have always just been like, I'm gonna get, you know... It's like, I'm gonna just put it on another show and then we'll just blackball this black television I'll show. start my own. <laughs> right. I'll start my own thing like, I've got money. Why would you put... Why would you put this character... Honestly... Why would you put the Sydney Loffer like on this black as hell
1: television show? After DeMar like, is this... gonna play this, whatever the fuck this is. Wait, okay. <laughs> Let's, can we talk about her song where she has like, she's dressed like a cab? She's got literally, did you watch it with subtitles, CL?
0: I, I did not, no. Okay. I, I've not watched it with subtitles yet. No.
1: I, I watch everything with subtitles because, you know, sometimes audio in the movies will jump up and down like you can't hear stuff. And I don't want to fuck with the volume right. all the time. So I watch everything with subtitles. Also, sometimes you might read things that you didn't catch someone saying before. So they're doing this weird, one of her weird Cindy Lauper songs. The song is called Test Drive. If you look closely, she's wearing this weird costume where she's supposed to be like a taxi cab, and she has headlights for, like, her bra, and she's doing, like, this dance like she's driving a car. It is the weirdest. I want to know who came up with that gimmick, but they did a good job because it's so bad when they cut to Vanity. Vanity has a look on her face of, like, just kill me because this is not making it on my show.
0: Yeah, it's like, I, (laughs) I just don't understand. Like, I would be like, if I was Vanity... The first thing I would have said was, "Do you know who my audience is? <laughs> have you seen <laughs> like my do show? you see do you see all these black teens that are that are that are that are scamming their way in?" Well, no, I take that back. I want to say all black teens, but like Richie's friends were there. Actually, it's pretty, it's a pretty like, diverse crowd.
1: It's pretty diverse. It crowd. It is
0: a pretty diverse crowd. It's yeah. Pretty diverse crowd. Kind I of look at Richie's friends and I'm like, I was like, I feel like Richie, you would have more black friends. Yeah, I feel like you would have at least one more black friend. But they might—they must be in, like, Staten Island, right?
1: I don't know if they, they ever must say be. where they're at, but it's got to be somewhere like that. Well, well no, wait, he says... Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. There's another character here we've talked about that in his name tells us maybe where they're located at, right? The other villain of the movie, right? The Heavy, like... Oh, but he, but Bruce, but, but sure enough, the Shogun
0: of Harlem, he could be from Harlem. I'm saying, like... Truly right now maybe from Staten Island, that's
1: true, that's true no
0: no, no no uh he also from Harlem again, like you said, very diverse, he does not pick his underlings uh one he doesn't discriminate by gender, which is something I very much approve. He is like he's a April opportunity underling, honestly, I think the women in his crew are probably the tougher members, yeah, outside of himself, yeah uh. Is there anything more gangster than going up to somebody's dojo and like wrecking shop? Like, I it's never not cool. It's never not cool to go into somebody else's dojo and being like, oh, y'all suck shit,
1: and then leave. You know, like, see, that's okay. I'm starting to wonder now is that a, is that a Karate Kid move too? Was Karate Kid before this? Did they just full on take Karate Kid and, and go, we'll do a Cobra Kai thing with this Shogun guy?
0: would you well i'm looking i think karate kid is 82 so i think so
1: because karate kid's Uh, like i want to say maybe close to this movie like the first one because i wonder if this was in production when karate kid came out and they were so the
0: first karate kid uh came out they came out so this came out this movie came out in 85 first karate kid came out in 1984.
1: so i wonder not saying that they just ripped karate kid but i wonder if it was like you say like that whole thing right He's he's the Cobra Kai of this, like, whole thing. Yeah. And it never even hit me till just now, because I just rewatched it. But, yeah, like, Bruce Leroy would be like the miyagi Doe where he's like, you know, he even trains his students. Like, I only use my, you know, my stuff for defense. I never attack, you know. And here comes Shogun, who the dude has his entourage introduce him. Like, they show up first and introduce and announce him, you know.
0: Yeah, Yo, that's so dope, though. They like, announce Every time it. I'm just, like... I'm just like, that's so dope. Like, it's, it's, so it's to the point where like, my, like my follower alert on Twitch is just, am I the Show up. up. <laughs> am I, am I the, like, cause like, how dope do you have to be to just be like, come in like, yo, what up? Like, it, just like every time it's just like, yeah, I know. I'm pretty awesome. Like, mm, like, announce me. It's so, it's so great. Um students. So, there's one student that is like, it, I don't understand why people don't bring up Ernie Reyes Jr. enough. Dude, like thank you. like little kid in this movie. Like, thank you. Uh, Ernie, Ernie Reyes Jr., uh, Ninja Turtles, Surf Ninjas, like, if there was a movie in the 90s and it was a, an Asian dude that was doing karate, it was usually Ernie Reyes Jr. Uh, his dad, obviously, was a start coordinator forever. His dad was
1: in this movie with him in this scene.
0: Uh, Yeah, Uh, his dad also canonically Akuma. Wait, canonically Akuma. How? How so? Yeah. So um, in Street Fighter the movie, the the, one of the greatest movies, one of the movies we're I'm definitely doing on here because I love that movie so much. It's so bad, so bad. Um, Street Fighter the movie, um, Ernie Reyes uh, Senior did all the fight choreography for the movie. Okay. Um, If you play the game. Street Fighter, the, the, the movie, game. the game. <laughs> Akuma, because Akuma is supposed to be in the movie. That's the thing. It's like there's supposed to be like a hit of oh, Akuma's here. Uh, the model for uh, Akuma in Street Fighter, the movie, the game, is Ernie Reyes Sr. Really? Yes.
1: I never knew that. See, I think when I saw this, I was like, okay. Seeing Ernie Reyes Jr. as a kid, my first thought in general was like, hey, that little kid's badass. So then, of course, later in life, I see him in Surf Ninjas. I see him in Turtles 2. And then I go back to watch The Last Dragon a million times because that's what I just did. And then I started to realize, wait a minute, that little kid, (laughs) that looked like Ernie Reyes Jr. So I go through and watch it again, watch the credits. That was Ernie Reyes Jr. And then it also says Ernie Reyes Sr. And I realized there's a scene when there's a fight on the stage. And you see he kind of like grapples with this one guy and kicks him. And that's his dad. And I learned later, his dad also, I think, was like... I think his dad was in like the Donatello suit in the first Turtles movie. Actually, no. He was. He was? Ernie
0: Reyes Jr. was in the Donatello suit in the first Ninja Turtles movie. Okay.
1: I knew I knew somehow one of them was in the suit. So, yeah. And, and Ernie under, Reyes Jr. is one of those guys... If you grew up loving martial arts movies... The, the last time I can remember seeing him where it made an impact was he was in the rundown with The Rock. hmm And when The Rock showed up to fight this dude, I remember me and my friends like... It's Ernest Jr. We lost our mind because we hadn't seen him in a movie in forever. But going back, seeing it now, he has a kick in this movie that I still think is one of the dopest things I've ever seen. He runs up in the air as a little kid, jumps up, and somehow it looks like he kicks two guys in the air. Like, he jumps up, looks like he kicks one way and swings his foot to the other way. And I still think it's one of the dopest things I've ever seen. hmm Yeah, he's just—he's so—he's so so
0: good. Do you know he's a—you know he is a technically an undefeated kickboxer. I'm not Uh, surprised. Three wins, one by knockout, zero losses. I imagine fighting Ernie Reyes Jr. I want to imagine. I would never want. There's no way I would be like like, hey, would you like to fight Ernie Reyes Jr.? No, no. Why would I do that? I'll hold well, his jacket or something while
1: he fights. I'm not doing that. I don't want that.
0: Uh, I wanna, like I said, I, 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 I just wanna make a movie and just put him in it. Just cause, like, like you said, I, I just don't think enough people give Ernie Ray Jr. his what's call it. I his, uh, they don't his, give him his like, credit. They don't give him his credit. But he does have a virtual training p- kick punch club. I'm just now learning, learning about this, like, where he trains people. Like, like right now, like ongoing. Like ongoing, yeah. I'm, like he could do curious. like a, a physical training thing with Ernie Reyes Jr. This is this is kind of really dope. Like what, a, okay. what i, I have had. You have my, attention. <laughs> you have my oh, attention. what a what a what a good guy. Yeah. This did not mean to become the Ernie Reyes Jr. Stand. No, no. But literally, one of his photos he has on here is him from
1: from the last dragon. See, that's awesome. That's cool. That's, yeah, yeah. That's the thing about what this is, movie, right? Guy. So when this movie does certain things, they really go for it. Like, they have legit martial artists. There's legit choreography. Um, Ron Van Cleef, who is, like, a, I mean, if you know Kung Fu movies, he is one of the early, like, black martial artists who made it in Kung Fu films. He choreographed, I think, also some of the fights for this movie and also worked with Tai Mok. Um, mm. And he's just one of those guys, like, he's been around things like the 70s doing martial arts movies. If you don't I just know now, Ron Van Cleef, you've got to look him up.
0: Yeah. I, I just, I'm just, not, I'm now down this rabbit hole for early Ratio. You're Did about to you know up. his daughter, <laughs> did you know his daughter was in that, uh, Lava, the Sharkboy Ch- Lava Girl remake? Uh, or our new movie that came out called We, we Can Be Heroes, like, just recently came out. Like, his daughter's name is Lotus Blossom. And she was in that movie. I we're not talking about (laughs) Ernie Reyes Jr. enough. That is what this is. This is it. I didn't know he had a daughter. I didn't didn't know know he had a daughter daughter either. I didn't. I've seen people review this movie. How do you not open that movie with, "Oh hey, Ernie Reyes Jr.'s daughter is in this movie"? Because I would be like, "What? I have to watch this movie even if it's like trash." Real talk, I have to watch it. Ernie
1: Reyes Jr.'s fights in Ninja Turtles two. It's. The best fights in the movie. The guy, it's it's he's so awesome to watch. He he needs to be in more stuff. And he, if you haven't seen Turtles 2 in a while, just go watch his fights. Because his speed is insane. And the fact that he wasn't like a leading man in his own Kung Fu movies is still shocking to me.
0: It's so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. Uh, fun fact also about Ninja Turtles 2, Michael Jai White is in that movie for like two seconds. Is he really? Uh, he is. So, like, there's that scene where Kano and Raph are going to... Um, like, they're trying to get signed up. Well, Kano, Ernie Reyes Jr., is trying to get signed up for the Foot Clan. And they're picking, like, three dudes. Mm-hmm. You see Michael, J, Michael Jai White there, six three six two Michael Jai White with his flat top, like, being looked at by the Foot Clan. I'm just like, Foot Clan, like, I love Ernie Reyes Jr. Obviously, you guys hear hearing <laughs> that. But you could have had black dynamite in the foot Clan, <laughs> which would have made that movie so much better why
1: not both
0: <laughs> why not both oh imagine black dynamite fighting the turtles oh my what are God. you doing here though?
1: turtles <laughs> that would be so great oh. so ah oh. there's um there's two other i don't want to say cameos because i don't know i think i think these actors at the time they're in this movie would become these characters later. There's two other people mm-hmm. we see in the movie very briefly that we later see on The Cosby Show. Yeah, well, Rudy. Rudy. She plays Bruce's... Or, well, Leroy's sister. And mm-hmm. she's only, I think, of that one scene where they're eating together.
0: Yeah. She definitely looks... She looks younger than she does on The Cosby Show, which yeah. I think would have been around the same time. So that tells you that this movie was probably shot way before because, like, Ernie Reyes Jr., at the time of this movie's release... 'Cause he was born in seventy two. He would have been like fifteen. Fifteen or sixteen? Wait. This he came was born in seventy two? He would
1: have been yeah. thir- twelve or thirteen. Twelve or thirteen but he looks but he so much look younger over. to me.
0: He looks so much younger. So I'm thinking this movie must have been shot a way like way before release date.
1: So I did go down a rabbit hole just looking up random stuff. This movie was shot in forty four days, by the way. Forty four days. I
0: I believe it. I That's believe so it.
1: fast. That's so fast. But here's the most Here's the most surprising thing to me. It cost them $10 million to make it. It made a profit. It made $33 million at the box office.
0: Hell yeah. I thought the movie I mean, was I,
1: a financial flop all these years. It actually made profit. He
0: said, if I was a, he said if I was a kid, I would have watched caught. It. I would have definitely... I would have definitely... Uh, uh, been at least 3,000 of that. Um, oh, do you know <laughs> and who the,
1: you know the other Cosby... Uh, that's what I was
0: going to ask you the other, who the other one was.
1: So, in the pizza shop, when uh, Shogun's crew comes through and wrecks the Daddy Green's pizza shop, there's mm-hmm. a kid, one of the kids in the background, like, I guess he's just like a customer. He is Carl Anthony Payne, who is oh. Cockroach. Or, or as...
0: <laughs> as uh, Is it uh Cole? Cole Martin? Martin? Yes. <laughs>
1: he is in the pizza shop. I think he's just like one of the customers in the background when they come through to wreck the pizza shop. So
0: yeah. it's got to be which, one of his which, first roles.
1: Yeah, which sucks because that pizza shop looks like really dope. It looks like a good pizza shop. Can, can we just say right now that the best possible slogan is move your feet to the Daddy Greens pizza? It's literally, it's, it's, I don't understand why. Like, when if, if we look
0: at the, the history of black, of, of <laughs> fake black uh, chain restaurants, it's better. Like, if, if you're going to ask me, hey, you want to go to McDowell's, or do you want to go to Daddy Green's Pizza? Like, I'm going to move my pizza to, to Daddy, Daddy Green's Pizza. pizza. <laughs> I
1: got to. Because if someone says you want to go to McDowell's, all you're going to say is, McDonald's or McDowell's? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, it's like oh, is, uh, I guess I'll go to
0: McDowell's, which is just like, a dollar store at McDonald's, or <laughs> I can go get some of this pizza and rock it like that. Like that's it's a no brainer.
1: I I like to look in in the backgrounds of movie scenes and look for weird stuff. And I mm. noticed I looked at the menu when I was watching this. I didn't even pause. It. I just glanced at the menu because I've seen the movie so many times. I start looking at the weird background details. Yeah. There was like something I think that I had never seen before at the time. It was like cauliflower or something pizza, and I had never at the time seen that or heard of that. Like cauliflower or something was one of the. There was Look some at this. wait. Some I'll hold shoot. on. Is is
0: this like a California pizza? Like, is this like actually not? Is is Daddy Green actually gentrified the pizza game in New York? <laughs> I don't know. Like, is he is he in there? Like, it's like Daddy Green's pizza. I got this whole, I got this whole like soy like this soy soy cheese pizza. <laughs> You can't take gluten's since the nineteen eighties. I got this cauliflower pizza. Let's go. Daddy Green was like, I. He's like, your dietary needs are important to me. Move your pizza to Daddy Green's pizza. We got we we have vegan options. We have everything, gluten free. It's it's so much. Uh, no, like it was that I noticed, and then like there's something else I forgot. I I meant to put it down. There's something else. Like I watched this in the theater for my birthday. Uh, and there was like some stuff I was just like, I'd never noticed that before. And, like, and this is just one, one of those movies. Like, there's just so many things that are happening in the background mm-hmm. that you don't notice. Um, we're not talking about Richie because like Richie sucks. Like, the, like objectively, there's only one character that I, I don't care for in the movie is Richie. Uh, just because like, I don't get what his, like his, his motivation is he's a teenager and he sucks shit. Like that's his, that's his motivation. He, he's like, just a dick to his brother the whole movie. The whole movie! (laughs) Like, I could see if, like, if if Leroy was, like, a bad big brother. But he's not. He's just really corny. Yeah. And, and, like, it just, like, Richie's like, oh, I'm just going to be a dick the whole time.
1: And it's, like, what are you doing? Like, dude, your older Mm -hmm. brother may be so far down the wee rabbit hole. Sure, you could say he's weird. To you, because maybe you're not into that. But he knows fucking martial arts. That's fucking dope as hell. Why are you, his younger brother, talking shit on him? Also, I don't know how old Richie's supposed to be in this movie, but why is he giving Leroy sex advice? Yo, when he was like,
0: you wouldn't even know what to do with your arrow, I'm like, bruh, you don't know what you're doing. You are 12
1: years old. You ain't got no moves. What do you (laughs) know about moves, my dude? You should be like doing the math homework or something.
0: Uh, I think
1: it's also, we're old now, so we're we're looking at him like, what is this motherfucker?" like, it's like, you,
0: like, like, if if Laura, if Laura gave him the time of day, I would be like, I'm going to call the police, (laughs) because this is a child, you child, you, you do not do this, um, yeah, I mean, the, I think when we talk about vanity, like, I think, so, the controversial thing I would say is, I don't think, that vanity and Leroy have great chemistry when it's not vanity, it's just face acting. I think Vanity like like you said, like those scenes where she's just like playing with her hair like that great. But when it's like going back and forth with Leroy, man, I don't know. like the, yeah. <laughs> the when they're when they're in the when they're in the uh, apartment when she first goes to her apartment and she changes and everything. that's like the first time I was like, Oh, yeah, this is kind of like, this feels kind of weird. Um, And then uh, when she gets kidnapped and he goes after her, like that that kind of gets weird. But I wanted to bull bull through the kidnapping because I love the ending of this movie. Um, If this movie was a, if if The Last Dragon was a, let's say the first half was a seven, seven, six. Mm. Like, it's fine, very disjointed. This last half of the movie is a fifteen. Yes. I don't know. I don't know what you could want for a climax of the movie. So first, uh, Blues for Leroy. Oh, we did not talk. Well, we talked about like the he finds out like there are there is no master. Yeah. So like, I, don't, it, I don't
1: know if we even addressed that. You, you mentioned the montage at the beginning when they show training, right? But yeah. literally, he has finished his martial arts training and his master, which the guy is credited in IMDb as master. He has no name. <laughs> He's credited just as master. Um, the movie starts with Bruce Leroy finishing his training and his master's like, hey, like, you're finishing. And like, as a kid, I didn't realize um, like, the very beginning of the movie tells you everything you need to know about what Bruce Leroy needs to do. And I feel like because this is aimed at kids, you also have that kind of ambivalence he has where you're like, huh, like what? He doesn't get what his master's telling him. It's like, I don't remember how he phrased it, but it's, it's kind of in a way of like, he kind of pokes fun at him of like, I have shown you all I can. You've got to like go out on your own. Like, like, we're good. You're done. And it's like Bruce Lee keeps like egging on. Like, I no, I need more. Like, you got to give me more. He's like, okay. He pulls out this medallion quote-unquote, from his drawer to give to him. Like, here you go. You must find some dumb goy is what he tells him. Some dumb goy straight up landed out for you. Hey, you're going to figure this out eventually. And he sets him on his path to find the master. And then eventually he figures out, like, and, and you even said it earlier, Vanity tells him, you look like a master to me. Right. He's reached like the final level, didn't even realize it himself. But when we get to the end... When he realizes, oh my god, dude! Wait, wait! I, I wanna, let, Let's let's build to that because yes. it's such a great build
0: to it. So at first, it is very video gamey. So Eddie Arcadian, he knows that Bruce Lee Roy is coming to save Laura, mm-hmm. and Bruce Lee Roy, like he does, like he gets like a whole ninja get up. Like it's it's so weird. Like you said, he does so many homages to Bruce Lee. It is a ninja get up, but then uh, then you're like, oh, because he's going to do the inner the dragon, no shirt, yeah. Uh, gee Pants part right so he does the whole did you get up he like just beats down these dudes and then then my man showed look again I said it earlier they spent that whole movie making show enough a joke until he wasn't he came in there Leroy and just like listen up and then just beats the shit out of him for four minutes just beats his ass and it's so good and just like it's so much fun Cause like you could tell like the actor for Bruce for uh for uh, for sure enough did like was like I'm gonna have so much fun playing playing this character. He eats and up, and he just has so much fun in that fight.
1: He eats up Every scene he's in. He chews it. He chews it up all the way. Um, before is he still alive? Because I want to put him. He in a movie. he passed yeah. away. Um, oh, I because I, I looked this up earlier. I think I remember when he passed. away. I remember reading it online. I think he passed away like um, maybe late two thousand, late aughts, like before twenty ten. But mm. he's been actually he's been, he's been he's been he's been gone for a while, sadly. But um, he also and it, his discography because he's one of those guys you've seen him in like other things, just here and there. You know, he's like in a bunch of TV shows. He was also in. I learned this again just looking through his IMDb. He was in Disco Godfather, a Dolomite movie. Oh, really? He, he, he's he got a credit in Disco Godfather. I don't remember the character name. I don't know if it's a big role or not, because I don't know if I've seen that Dolomite movie. I've seen two or three of them. But he was in Disco mm-hmm. Godfather, which is, you know, another just, I mean, takes you back to the exploitation films. But he... Um, it's funny when you read, like, trivia for the movie because they talk about how Time Mock, and they list the different martial arts that he knew. And then they say, Julius Carey had no previous martial arts experience before the last dragon, I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> I can kind of see that. Okay, his martial art was the streets. That's it's what his martial art was. <laughs> um, but he, what's funny about showing up is the first time he comes up in the theater at the beginning of the movie, I don't know if he says or one of the, or one of the goons makes a comment, but they're like, oh, it's the Shogun, he's back. So it's like, the dude's already established in the area, but I'm like, where'd he come back from? Prison? Like, was he just beating fools up? Did he do a bid? Like, because he comes through, like... Well,
0: I, look, he's a Shogun that he might have, he might have was trying to take over the street. That's, like, if you're doing a sequel of this movie, that's what you do. Like, if I, if I my my goal in life is to, is to either do a remake or reimagining of The Last Dragon. Oh, and, man. like, what if, what if... What if my Cobra Kai was about Shoga trying to take down the, the the five boroughs?
1: The five boroughs of Shoga. I, I, I want to throw... My wallet's not here, but I'm trying to throw money at the screen right now.
0: <laughs> because, like, it's just like him, and he's like, he's like I'm going to go through... Like, I'm in Harlem, would going to go through the Bronx, I'm going to go through Brooklyn, I'm going to go through Manhattan, I'm going to go through Staten Island, and I'm going to control all five boroughs, like... That's what I that that's. I just got a I name for this, but
1: I don't for. know if we should say it on a, on the record or keep it to ourselves. Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, I'm gonna, gonna message you later. <laughs> yes. Um. But so yeah, Shogun of Harlem. But so we're talking about the whole thing with Bruce Leroy and his whole thing, where you know, there's a thing in the theater that I love. It's it's a subtle thing when you first see everyone watching Enter the Dragon, like the whole crowd. You know, there's all these different people watching the movie. If you notice, right, I think before Shogun rolls in with his crew the people in the theater have seen this movie so many times they're quoting the lines with the movie because it's the scene and i've seen it in the dragon so many times it's the scene when han is talking about uh, you know o'hara oh, has disgraced us and all this he says this and you hear the audience reading and or saying the lines with the movie so it's like they've seen this movie so many times they all love this shit and it's such a cool moment and like there's a connection with black culture and kung fu mm. movies and it's like that's like Wu Tang. Wu Tang's whole foundation is they grew up loving kung fu. There's a deep connection yeah. with kung fu and the black, black culture.
0: Right. I mean that that the name itself, Wu Tang, Wu Tang is a style, like that's a style of fighting. Yeah. <laughs> that's from a kung, kung Fu movie. You know. I think the, I think the movie's actually called Thirty Six Chambers uh, of the uh, of the Wu Tang. Yeah. There's there's um, a bunch of them. Yeah, and it's like I mean I know for myself like I know I remember having VHSs like i I' am really bad with the name of Bruce Lee movies I've seen them all, but I'm really bad with the names of them because like you remember those things like back in the day when people would make like make those VHSs and they would write the names on it, but it wouldn't be the name of the movie it'd be like the bootleg name of the movie yep like uh I remember having the blind fist of Bruce Lee yep uh which is not a movie but that's that's what I knew that ga- that's what I knew Game of death as. Like, cause I remember I was explaining to somebody, it's like, yeah, the guy had like the Vega Claw and stuff. And they're like, "That's Game of Death."
1: No, it's like the Blind Eye of Bruce, cause he's blinded in the movie. It's like, no, dude, he, he only that's... made five actual movies and four of them before he died. Game of Death was released after he died, but right? There were so many people trying to capitalize on the Bruce Lee image and style that there is actors that went under the name of Bruce Lee, L. E. Bruce L. I. And they were all trying to be like, hey, maybe if someone comes see this movie, we'll get some of that money that people – it's like it's close enough. Because I had a uh, – one of our neighbors, I remember he had this poster in his house of Bruce Lee from the grave. I'm like, I've never heard of that before. But it was one of these knockoff Bruce Lee guys. There's so many of those movies floating around.
0: Right. Um, but, yeah, so, sure enough, kicking his ass, just going through it. And then he goes to the barrel. And, sure enough, he doesn't want to kill Bruce Lee, Right. He just again, this is why this movie works. He just was really ready to to realize that showed up as the master. But then as he's going through, we talked about the soundtrack, one of the like perfect I don't know if the show was the editing. I don't know if it was the mixing, but you just hear the song. It's like you it's like do do. and it like it goes through all these things. It's like it's like you are the master. And all the stuff. You look like a master to me, and then who's the master? And he comes up, the biggest grin on his face. Water drippin'. I am and then just goes super Saiyan. It just beats the hell out of out of uh, out of showed up so much. And then Eddie Arcadian <laughs> the greatest line in the movie. Oh he's like it's like I know what's up all that all that kung fu shit. This
1: right here and he oh, gun. Oh wait, 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 wait. It's but so before good. you say that, before you say that Okay when, when we first see the Shogun in Harlem, what does he say in front of everyone when he confronts Bruce Leroy? Because he clearly is like, look, uh, there's a little kid in the theater that's like, you know, you're not the baddest. I know who could beat you up. He goes, who said that? And it's this little kid that they grab and yeah. pick up. He goes, Bruce Leroy is who? So now Shogun's in his face. And he goes, is this the Bruce Leroy I keep hearing about? Catches bullets with his teeth? With his teeth? And it's such like, a weird line to hear at the beginning of the movie. Like, what? That's a rumor about this guy? That he What? Where did that come from? It's such a weird thing that you forget about. And then we come back to this moment you're describing.
0: Right. It's such a good Chekhov's gun. Cause you don't think that. It's a it's a it's a silly line by a dumb villain. Yeah. And then Eddie Arcadia comes and he gets the bullet, he gets the gun, and he shoots him in the face. And it's such a good shot, because it's it's slow motion, and it's just such a bang bang shot that all of a sudden year you are the last dragon and then the music wars and he comes by and he has the bullet in yes. his fucking teeth yes. and i'm just like this is the greatest movie of all time what could be better
1: what a climax what could be better oh this okay so when he dunks his head in the barrel first of all it's really cool because the way they do the editing it's so good this movie has more heart and more thought put into it than people realize. When he dunks his head in the barrel, this is when you're like, dude, he is gotten beaten. He is like losing this fight. It is that moment in the movie of like, this guy's gotta come through. But right now it's like, how is he gonna come through with this? What's what's such a, a, a nice touch with editing is when he dips his head in the water. That's the moment when he starts having, like you talked about the flashbacks, right? But do you yeah. notice in the editing, each flashback is like a water ripple uh, in his memory. So it's like while he's in the tank, there's like a ripple, and it cuts to a memory, and then it ripples again. So it's like he's in the tank. There's like this element of the water, but each time the water hits on screen, it ripples up to like a memory to to like get him inspired. And like you said, when he pulls his head out of the tank, there is this beautiful shot of him popping up in slow-mo, and it's almost like the water is popping up with him like a dragon whipping his tail out, right? And the look on his face—he's got water run down his face, but he looks at Shounu as in like, "I'm about to fuck you up." <laughs> right? It's literally like, "Oh, he don't know—he about to get this work."
0: And it's just like it's such a perfect because like, having been like remote big fighting game, you know, players, right? Mm-hmm. You've had those matches where someone makes it—they get you in a corner, yep—and then they do they whiff, yep—and then it's like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> You gotta yeah. get this work. That's what it was. It's such a perfect, encom- like encompassing of that of just yeah. like, you don't even know. <laughs> like that's so great. It's so good because like because he's like I am. Shonuf's like, what? And he goes to punch him, and he just grabs it. I am <laughs> and I'm like, yo. This like, is because I show.
1: Oh, it's 1985, but it's the most shown in anime shit. When he goes to punch him. And this is the moment for me as a kid when I, I was like, I love this movie. And the way he catches his hand and looks at him and he says it with more emphasis, he goes, I am. Like, what's so great about it is from that point on, right? It's like, hey, if you don't get what's happening visually also, what happens? Shogun's been going. His glow starts to fade and crackle out. And he looks at himself like, oh shit, like my power. Like if this is a video game, I've used my ability and that ability is on cooldown, I'm fucked. And this guy just popped right. the super. I am out now. <laughs> the power it's so, transferred.
0: It's like because Bruce Lee Wright is just glowing yellow. Yes. Like he's just glowing yellow. It's not, like you said, with, even with Show Enough when he was in control, it was always sparks. It was always like. It was red sparks. Like a li- yeah, a little bit control. Bruce Lee Wright transcended. Yeah.
1: He, he oh dude okay we talked about this in the songs right because in that song uh one of the hype songs that you know they say when you reach that final level right dude yeah Eddie Arcadian uh when they're in the warehouse or it might have been before you know Eddie Arcadian there's this really weird scene where he goes to recruit like extra goons to fight yeah. Bruce Leroy. One of them, which I call Mad Max Santa. You know who I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> yes, I know exactly who you're
1: talking about. This yes. dude looks like a wrestler. He's got, like, this Bam Bam Bigelow look, but with, like, a weird mohawk. I don't know. But he goes to recruit these goons to throw at Bruce Leroy, and he's beating them all up. So I think when they get to the warehouse... Oh, no, it was that scene. It was in the club, because when they're fighting, Eddie Arcadian takes control of the uh, screens and everything.
0: Yes, and he in a, in says, a dope... Dope intro to any, like, you're-gonna-fight-minion scene ever, where yeah. he's like, he has his face on, on the different video panels and everything. And I
1: think he says in that scene when he's on the video screens, welcome uh, to the final level. I think he says that right then, because I remember going, he said the thing, because i watching this again recently, it's like, so many things connected for me that I didn't notice as a kid. And I'm like, this movie really has more in the writing and, and in the details, like you said, there's more attention paid, like with that bullet line at the beginning of the movie, you forget about when you come back to that barrel. This movie has more heart and more thought put into it than you really realize, and it's subtle enough to where it's like, the hype moments are earned and they're so good. Even his student, what's the one guy, I can't remember his, his name, but he's got a student that- Uh, the the, the the widest Asian I've ever seen in yes. my life? Yes, <laughs> the dude who's like, I don't really know how to fight at all. Even he has his moment with him. At Johnny, Gear. Johnny, you, Johnny, you, Johnny, you. Yes, Johnny even has his moment when he goes from like just faking and doing the Bruce Lee cat call sounds to like legit. First of all, it's one thing to have him like have confidence and fight confidently. My dude pulls mm. out the nunchucks and he suddenly is just throwing them. I'm like, okay, but it's so hype because in that moment. Like you said, it's like, we're at that video game moment. Like, we have everyone's fighting. And it's like, Bruce Leroy is going to fight the Shogun. His students are fighting. Like, that's a legit, really cool fight scene. Like, this big brawl with like, all the goons in the studio.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it was definitely, it's, it's definitely very fun. Like you said, Johnny has this Johnny gets to have his moment. He also, I think, ends up bagging, uh, what's her name? Like, ends up bagging the, uh the uh the the cindy Lauper like oh yeah or whatever
1: yeah i forgot about that
0: yeah so he ends up he ends up getting getting that but no it's just such a such a fun scene it's such a good thing uh and then we get to the ending uh with i think is the wackest song uh just because like it's so tonally like even if you want to do a love ballad it just it feels so weird and old yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's just like, it's adult contemporary in a way I didn't think, like, those kids would have been into. No. Um, also, look, I'm not, I, I'm not like some Lothario, right? I don't, I don't, I'm not like the world's greatest when it comes out. It's like to, to, <laughs> to Mackinac Ladies. But I feel like going to her job <laughs> while she's doing her job in, like, this white, uh, this white thing, you know, I, I think that's like, that's like I don't think that's a power play move to make where your opening line is Can you show me
1: can you show me your moves <laughs> Like, I get I get Bruce Leroy being this dude who is so innocent and oblivious of like regular social norms and how you interact with people and then how do you talk to a girl cause he's so focused on martial arts, he did not know how to interact with someone in a romantic way. But it's like I wonder how much of it was the direction and how much was, like, they just wanted Time off to play this as, like, you're the older brother, but you act like a little boy. You are so, right. you have no tact at all. I don't know. Because, like, you mentioned we're, like we're the just, chemistry, and Vanity's, like, trying in the scenes where she's hitting on she's, she's trying so much.
0: And I get it. It's his first time doing something. But, man, it's hard. But do you think that's like a
1: note? Like, they want him to play that you're super, like, you're so oblivious that, like, you're not picking up on this. That's why there's no chemistry there. Or it's just his acting or a combination of that.
0: I I think it's absolutely they were trying to put, like, it's, like you said, it's the, uh, it's the whole thing with, um, like, with them being, uh, uh, with them being, like, with him being a shonen character. Because he's one million percent a shonen character. So and that's exactly what that is.
1: Yeah, because there's like that anime thing of like that character is so oblivious and so stupid. Because like, you know what the coolest thing she does actually I think it's probably my favorite, second favorite scene in the movie besides the actual last end part we talked about, when she brings him to the studio, and she has the montage of the Bruce Lee clips, and she plays it for him. And they're playing one of the, uh, I think it was, was it The the Glow? Or like one, one of those songs is playing under the Bruce Lee. Flash. It, is the, the it glow, is the Glow. The Glow is the one, yeah. That is so hype because it's edited in a way where it's like, I don't know, it's so cool because it's like the movie itself is saying, hey, we, we really do love Bruce Lee and martial arts movies. It's kind of like an homage to Bruce Lee and martial arts movies. And it's like, he I feel like he's us like on the screen showing like, hey, we really love this stuff. And it right. also, at the same time, gives him the idea of, like, you know, going to put on a costume or whatever and try to get into the Forge Cookies place. But, like, she is trying so hard. She's like, oh, you like Bruce Lee. That's all you respond to. Hey, here's a Bruce Lee movie with some dope music and, like, a whole presentation that I put together for you. But that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie because every time he watches that scene, I get so happy. I'm like, I got to go watch some Bruce Lee movies or something right now. It, yeah. it just works. Uh, so yeah
0: uh, The Last Dragon what a tremendous film yeah uh, what, a, what a just uh, a great thing if you've never seen The Last Dragon please go watch it um, Anthony is there do you have any uh, parting thoughts you have about uh, this about this movie
1: there is there's one thing I want to share uh, first I, I think real quick some people might not realize kind of the legacy of this movie right we talked about mm-hmm. like uh, the Shogun's look you know the dude's got these football pads and stuff but have you ever seen Kanye West when he wore the ventilated shades? I feel like you kind of gotta give that to Shogun Harlem. Yeah, oh,
0: Kanye West, uh, Sasha Banks, from WWE yep. does the same thing because she has the same kind of shades. Um, Naomi, another WWE wrestler, like her whole thing is "Fill glow, the Glow," which which she got from you know this movie. It's it is like it is part of the black, like the you know it's just like part of the black culture. Like that movie is just such an important movie to us. You know, like, it's just... Oh, it's so good. Also, Buster
1: Rhymes music video for Dangerous, which he plays out like the Shogun. But I thought before we ended our discussion on this movie, I thought it'd be really cool. I found some potential casting that they had for both actors. And mm. I want to throw these out at you as, like, this is an alternate version of what we could have got for this movie, okay? Mm. Um, so Mario Van Peebles was considered for Bruce Leroy.
0: That man <laughs> man that would have sucked shit like that's I, yeah man I, I love Mario it. Van Peebles I love Mario Van Peebles I love the Van Peebles family but man that is Bruce recently mm. right now like it's not like if you said Jim Kelly I'd be like okay I, I could see that yeah I could see that like Jim Kelly would have been he would have been old but it would have made more sense than man
1: I could have seen Jim mm. Kelly playing a Shogun even actually oh, that actually been. I'm sorry Jim Kelly was considered for the show then, but he wasn't interested in it. That was that would have been so awesome Woo. That would have like, been amazing. Could you, imagine, could you imagine the fight between
0: Jim Kelly and Tavik? Like That would have been yes. so good. <laughs> yes, I could. <laughs> that that fight would so... have been like 10 minutes long. <laughs> it's like, can we just... All right, for 30 minutes of this movie, we're just going to let them fight for 30 <laughs> minutes. That's all we're going to do.
1: Um, Lawrence Fishburne auditioned to play Leroy.
0: I can see that. Uh, Larry was a younger actor then. Like, this is before Cowboy Curtis.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I could have saw that. Yeah. He, I mean, he did Kung Fu in The Matrix, right? So yeah. it
1: un, it's not unbelievable. Now, here's one that makes sense to me. Wesley Snipes auditioned and, and campaigned hard for the role of Bruce Leroy, too. And he's a real-life martial artist. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't get Wesley
0: Snipes to do it. I, I know, like, I think if you're thinking about it now, like, hindsight... You do that five times out of, you know, you do that, like, you do that, like, instantly. It's like, oh, yeah, like, I love Tavik. Wesley Snipes would have fucking killed it. He would have killed one, him. One, one, Tavik is way too light to be in that family. Oh, that family, black as hell. That's true. And, like, who, <laughs> like, like, I like look, I know us. So there have been questions. Somebody would have been like, who oh, boy that?
1: Who like, oh, boy that? They moving their pizza to the more than pizza. Somebody doing some shuffling <laughs> is all I'm saying. Um, right uh, but no that would have been that would have been so that would have been so cool
0: but see the thing is Wesley Stipes is always like he's always down to do this stuff like is one of the reasons why he's in the new coming to America because like he Wesley Stipes is always down to just like to make fun of himself or not be so so serious which was weird because like he was like this 90s action guy
1: oh yeah he was great but, in, in the uh, My Name is Dolomite movie
0: oh, he is he's great that man that movie's so good yeah well, yes he is so good in that movie Here's, so good
1: that here's one that's I think this is really gonna mess you up. This this actor auditioned for both roles. This is this is gonna really mess you up. Denzel Washington. <laughs> he auditioned uh, for both roles. For both? For both roles. Man, man could you imagine My <laughs> <match>. <laughs> Shogun Harlem. I mean, I don't know. Shogun. I don't know. I could maybe see him being the Shogun, but it'd be different. I don't know if I could see him as Leroy though. I don't know.
0: Uh, there's no way I see him as well. I don't know. He's too, he has too much of a presence to be Leroy. Yeah. He has too much presence to be Shogun. Like, you would have to rewrite that character. That character would have been, man, I want to know what Barry Gordy was thinking. I would have saw <laughs> Dead Zone have been like, yes. <laughs> it's
1: like, it does it
0: work. It's like, I, we will make it work. <laughs>
1: yes. And I've got four more. These actors were all considered for the Shogun mm-hmm. Fred Williamson, which I could see that.
0: Okay, yeah. That makes sense.
1: Ron O'Neill. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Billy D. Williams.
0: I have a very personal... I can't comment on that. Um, People know me online. I do not care for more Mr. William D. Williams. It was a whole thing. We got to a fight at a convention in MegaCon in 2008.
1: Uh, do not care for William B.
0: Williams, uh, so... I did
1: not know that. I'm sorry. We'll strike that from the record. So, moving Real, on.
0: Never. Not in my movie. I'm sorry.
1: What sure. I actually said was the other name here, which was Carl Weathers. <laughs> that would have been so dope. Because this would have been, like, after, like, the Rocky 2 or 3, maybe.
0: I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, this would have been, been after... So, Paul Crete would have been... No Apollo Creed was like Yes. Yeah. He's he's a year away from dying. He's not dead yet. Yeah. He's a year away from dying when this movie came but, out. But I mean
1: he's he's very much this was probably before even Action Jackson, I think.
0: Yeah, Action Jackson's eighty seven. Which vanity vanity, Vanity's Vanity is. in Vanity's in and she has a topless scene, I remember. I was like <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's Laura's move I'm like, what?
1: <laughs> I forgot she was in Action Jackson until so just looking at this just now. Yeah, but that's all the casting options that they almost went with for this movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, if I was to recast, if I, if I okay, so what we'll what we'll do is what will be when we when we end these movies. If you were to recast this, so so you Anthony get to recast this movie however you would like. How would you recast this?
1: Oh man, that's tough because I mm, like my mind wants to go to Michael Jai White. as like Shogun right now. He, he, I think he's the
0: perfect Shogun.
1: But I, I almost had to say because is it too much like him being in Black Dynamite? Is it too much? So that I was thinking that. So I have an alternative.
0: And it's somebody who hasn't been doing movies for a long time. But he's a person who is a martial artist mm-hmm. and has done movies. Let's bring back Rampage Jackson. What's Rampage Jackson doing? Nothing. Rampage Jackson... You could make him look like show like like showed off right away. He's got the attitude. He's got the attitude. He's he could be dude. He... And you can make him intimidating
1: as hell. Yeah. But who's our who's our Leroy? Who's our Bruce Leroy?
0: See, that's where it gets that's where it gets a little uh that's where it gets like a little difficult. Like if we're talking about in the nineties, I'd have been like I would have got like Walter Jones, my man Walter Jones, Zach the Black Power Ranger, like he should be Ooh, doing more yeah. stuff. And Walter Jones is in this movie. I don't know how they can work. Walter Jones, Ernie Reyes Jr. both in this movie. Uh um, what if
1: Walter Jones plays like uh adult uh Richie and he's not a dick anymore? He's grown oh, up.
0: That'd be dope.
1: That'd be dope. He like
0: he now knows he now knows martial arts. Well, okay, we're doing where Bruce Lee Rye is an adult and Richie is also. An adult. Oh,
1: okay. Are we recasting? Then, or are we? Are we doing sequel? We're totally recasting. I mean,
0: we could do we could do sequel. I think we could still do sequel and keep Rampage at Shogun. Um, and then you say you, the Walter Jells with Richie. Yeah. I think you are back Tavik then. Like if you're gonna do it, you yeah. bring back Tamek. Yeah, because he's like,
1: still in shape and he still is really good for his age. Yeah. Wasn't there wasn't there a rumor of them maybe remaking this a few years ago with Sam Jackson as an idea for the Sam show? Sam Jackson
0: has been he has been pushing to be uh, shown up for such a long time. I would love that uh, so much. I would love that. Like So when, when me and Anthony uh, make this sequel to this movie that we're going to make that is Cobra Kai. I'm literally going to pitch it as Cobra Kai but it's The Last Dragon. I've got the name. Uh, I'm telling you i got the name. <laughs> uh, when we do that Samuel Jackson's going to be in this. That's literally my. That's my thing. It's like, can we just get Samuel Jackson? Like, like I'll forego. I'll forego whatever you were going to pay me to make this movie. I just want Samuel Jackson in this movie.
1: So if we go, Sam Jackson's Shogun of Harlem. Because he can be intimidating. I don't... You know what? Let's see yes. if... It, I don't even care if he can fight or not. Just him in that outfit or him just as... No, it's, he's an old Shogun. Yeah. He's like... Now he's... He has... He rules
0: over the five boroughs. That's the whole point. Yeah. He rules over the five boroughs. So Bruce Leroy has to get like a new student and he has to train them through the five boroughs and they got to take each one down. And then you could do all the different martial arts... And like have the different master man. Wait actually, a minute! I stop giving away this game. I gotta stop giving away this game for free. Wait a minute. Uh, okay,
1: I just thought who should do the soundtrack. I don't know if I should say it or not though, because I feel like there's an obvious. No,
0: we're giving this. We are giving this game away for free. You're right. We cannot. You're right. We have to stop. You're right. We have to stop because this is gonna be magic. And when y'all see it, y'all gonna be like, "Damn, Anthony and Travis, they, like they knew, they knew that this was gonna be a hit." We're ahead of the game. they were ahead. Did, of the game. Did they know? Show <laughs> sure enough. Show enough Yeah, yeah. Did did we get it? Show, Show enough. I, I sincerely oh, yeah. I
1: sincerely think if you're listening to this and you have not somehow watched the last dragon, if you have not watched it recently, it is deserving of your time. Give it a revisit because it's mm-hmm. it's a fun movie, it's wholesome, it's inspirational as hell. And if you need something just, just fun and light to watch, Last Dragon is a movie that I feel like it's also quick. You will not waste your time. And there is no way you can come away from this movie with nothing but good vibes, straight yeah. up. That is the best thing. It's a good
0: vibes movie. Yeah, um, and it has Ernie Reyes Jr. in it, which obviously already we've already established. Stan. Yes. Uh, you know, it, 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 the soundtrack is a, just bops everywhere. Even the bad songs are tremendous. It, it's just it's such a, it's a classic. It's just a perfect film. It's a perfect film with the greatest ending in any film history. Uh, But that has been live from the movies. Uh, Anthony, is there anything that you would like to promote, sir? Uh,
1: You can kind of holler at me about your thoughts on The Last Dragon or any other action movies or movies in general at Twitter. I'm uh, Bruce Wayne Brady on Twitter, also on Twitch. Uh, I stream, actually, fighting games every Monday. We have kind of a, a fight club thing we do. We play two fighting games every Monday on Twitch. It's a very positive FGC community we have we encourage people to get competitive, get hype, but we don't let you talk trash to each other, so it's very positive. And even if you don't play fighting games, it's fun to watch. And uh, come holler at me on Twitch or Twitter, Bruce Wayne Brady. That's it right there.
0: Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, at Travis L. Foster. Uh, you can follow the show that this is connected to, at, Pool House, at uh, Pool House Live. So this is actually... So I I didn't know what I want to do with this. I am gonna. Like, I think going forward, I think we're going to put these behind the Patreon, but I think this is one... Because we want to give you guys a taste for free, I think this one we're going to put it out on the main feed. Mm-hmm. It'll be free for everybody to check it on the Patreon and everything. Uh, however, we, we we're going to try to do this. We wanted we wanted to do more things for you guys for your Patreon dollars. We're bang for your buck. And if you haven't listened to Patreon, here's more content you get on the Patreon. And we're going to be talking about different movies and more movies and everything like that. So. Um, I, I can't wait to do this. Uh, this was a podcast that me and Anthony have been talking about doing for like the last almost two or three months. because yeah. uh, we were just like, you like the last dragon? I like, like. Can we just talk about the last dragon? And it's like, yeah, of course we're going to. We have to go through and do that. Uh, and do this. So, uh, we do want to thank you guys for listening. Um, and make sure you're going to patreoncom slash the House Kick us five dollars. You get an episode early. You get a uh, bonus patreon episodes and you get another podcast this podcast you listen to right now where we talk about movies um so for anthony uh i am T.L. foster this has been live from the movies cut and there we go
1: dude that was so much fun
0: yeah it was what's the name of the movie
2: what